you know what's interesting though then the kind of the third piece as i'm like reflecting on my life was i was 28 i decided to finally go after something and i figured out what i really wanted uh, but up to that point i was playing the victim of like oh this coach you know these coaches wanted me to go to clemson so i went to clemson my parents wanted me to move back to florida so i took this desk job and like they made me do this they pressured me they 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 victim mentality and it wasn't until I was like, a coach taught me and made me aware of like, no, don't use soft talk. What do you want? Go after it. And then as soon as I took responsibility, that's when all the shit started happening. Welcome to Modern Happiness, where we believe happiness is a choice. Our goal is to share how we and our high-performing guests choose happiness, covering topics such as fitness, mindset, relationships, business, and much more in today's world. Here are your hosts, Matt Mahalik and Taylor Sleaford. What's up, happiness homies? Welcome back to another episode of Modern Happiness. Let's go. Let's fucking go. Uh, yeah, it's Deuce, and I'm here with Matt and Taylor today, and it's Monday, and it's the best day ever. Be best day ever. Yes. Be daddy. What's up, squad? <laughs> okay, guys. What's up? First, I have to say, so Matt just led us through a beautiful meditation and visualization before we started this podcast. And we, we, we typically pick a topic for the podcast ahead of time when it's solo, when we don't have a guest. And we'll dive into that. I, don't, I won't say what it is quite yet. Um, and earlier, I was like, oh, I got a bomb story for you guys. It's going to be so good. And then I was like, wait, what was my story? I was driving <laughs> here, and I'm like, this is dope. Taylor, you should write it down. And I was like, nah, you won't forget. And then I forgot. And then I was like, well, non-local communication. I like was trying to play it cool. I went to the bathroom. I'm like, all right, what is it? What is it? What? Is it? And I couldn't remember. And then two breaths into that meditation, it came to me. Wow. So perfect. We'll, you we'll, stop thinking about it? Yeah. This yeah. is our guy Deepak Chopra. So I'm Shout out Deepak. I'm rereading the book again Yeah. for maybe the fourth time. Uh, what is what book? I'm in the show notes. Um, what book is it called again? Do you have it? Because uh, we always it's, miss it's in my bedroom and the headphones uh, won't reach. Uh, the spontaneous fulfillment of desire. The that's the undertitle. Oh, the main title is oh, it's just a long no. Title. That is the spontaneous fulfillment of desire. That, that is, is it. That's harnessing the, the infinite book. power of coincidences. Yes. So the spontaneous fulfillment of desire. But talking about this, um, yeah. Explain non-local because I know I said that <laughs> non-local communication. I wish I could uh, as good as he does. But uh, but it's essentially to put it in like the simplest terms. It's um, you know, well, there are no simple terms, I guess, but, but really it's like, I think the best example as you were referring to is like when you're talking to a friend and you're like, yeah, you know that, you know, my friend, uh, oh my God, what's his name? What's his name? And you're like, shit, I can't remember his name. Mm. How can I forget this guy's name? And you're like thinking, thinking, and the more you think, the further away it gets. And then two hours later, whatever, you go to the gym, you're at home, you get in the shower, you're showering, you're not thinking about it anymore. You're singing a song in the shower. And all of a sudden you're like, Jimmy. It's fucking Jimmy. Yep. And uh, so that's kind of it. It's it's letting, um, I don't know. Can can you pick up on this? I I'm having trouble explaining it, but it's, it's letting your un your <coughs> subconscious yeah. Come it's through. it's essentially letting go, and it will come yeah. to you when it's when it's meant to. Which is what happened to me. So I'm super excited to share the story later. Which, by the way, since we're just talking about it, I've been really trying to lean into. You know, I've had this mantra going. I think I said it in the previous podcast, but um, <clears throat> more play, less work. And on top of more play is also like, it's really just less work mm-hmm. and more sitting in silence. And uh, I, I still work, but um, 
you know, I don't think the 12 hours of work is going to get me where do I, where I want to go mm. uh, as fast as if I actually spent more time with friends, if I mm. worked out and, you know, made sure I got my workouts in five, six, seven days a week. Um, and a big part of this is sitting in the silence, making sure I have time for that. Uh, I didn't do a good job of that today. Besides my meditation this morning, <laughs> I have like 2,500 steps in today, which is mm. not a lot of steps, not very good. Um, but to go on more walks without my phone, to sit in the silence because this is non-local communication. It's exactly that. When you're in the shower, you get your best ideas. When you're on a run, like I've been swimming again in the pool. I'm like, genius, genius idea just came to me. I've been all the ideas in there because I'm like, I get in the pool and at first I'm like, okay, work through some shit. I'm like, no, no, no. You're not working through shit. Just let shit go. Just enjoy your swim. And then all of a sudden I take a turn and I'm like, I know what to say to this client. Or it's like, I know the next great business idea. Mm. Like, I know what we're going to talk about on more happiness. I got a great story for this topic. All these great ideas. And we are just, <laughs> going back to episode one, we are inundated with shit. What to think, what to say, how to be, how to act. Um, there's always resources like, oh, this person's already done it. Let me see how they've done it. All this stuff when it's like, you have great ideas inside of you. Yeah, I, I do that with <laughs> clients a lot if they're like trying to come up with an idea or like if I'm trying to get them to start gratitude or they like want to start writing and, you know, a blog post idea or post on Instagram or like even if they want to start a business. So many people are like, oh, what's that one thing? They put so much pressure on it. So I'm like, are right, you going to come up with a list of 20 things? And they're like, well, shit, 20? So then it's just like the first five are bad ideas and then just get it on, mm -hmm. on a roll. And I think I know the same thing happens for me like with running is I'm just focused on where I am and then that's when stuff flows in. So non-local communication, people. Mm -hmm. Just let go. Yeah, let go and sit in the silence. Okay, guys, I have some rapid fire. We're going to say I'm going to put like a two-minute timer on these. Oh, oh I'm shit. I love so it. excited right I'd, now. I'd like I to it. get through. A f I have a handful. We'll see how many. Um, okay, Deuce, we'll start with you. Wait, before oh, you start, oh, I just want to say, if you're watching on YouTube, welcome to my home office. We are here. What's up? We're waving at you right now. Uh, I got this beautiful <laughs> bookshelf that I installed. I painted the shelves myself. They're all my books. No, I have not read all of them. Our beautiful uh, producer. But our producer's Wait, front you and center. This? That's a good color. It's black. <laughs> I love black. <laughs> if you're not watching, oh, it wow. is black. It looks like a dark, uh, dark brown. They, they might yeah, slowly be. I sanded the wood from Home Depot. You should just come up with Dang, like did the damn thing. a fake yeah. name. You know how they have those weird names for colors? Oh, yeah. Yeah. M Midnight Black or like... Mm. Matthew's marvelous. Why am I going M's? Mystical. Mm. Midnight black. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> okay, okay, we're getting to that. Okay, Deuce, you're up first. If you could be an animal, again, we'll say two minutes. If you could be an animal, what animal would you be and why? A giraffe, because for once I'd be tall in my life. Wow, that was and quick. That was so fast. I love and it. Can I ask? Yeah. Is that all that matters? You just want to be tall? Well, I just want to see a different view, different perspective. I mean, it sounds get a different like view on the world, you know? Fun is the point with that answer, and I love it. That's a good yeah. point. Okay, I know two minutes. I mean, Sorry. they're just so chill. Drafts are sick. <laughs> I mean, they just, like, Maddie's walk only gonna around <laughs> and eat. I don't know. I could watch them all day, so why not be one? They got big animals. tongues. Yeah. 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 Mm -hmm. They eat veggies. <laughs> whatever. Um, my brother asked this question. I thought the answer was obvious, but I'm curious what you guys think. If a giraffe was to wear a tie... Would it be up, you know, up by its chin or would it be mm. down on its chest? I would be like the lower part of the neck. Down on its chest. Okay, yeah. I thought that was obvious because we don't wear our shirts like yeah, up here. No. Right. Well, that would be like a shirt and then we had a tie up. Yeah. Well, like the whole the whole thing. But yeah. Come on, like, Adam. Yeah, Jeez. yeah. Yeah. He's not listening. 
<laughs> <laughs> okay, Matt, if you could be an animal, what animal would you be and why? So growing up, uh, it was always a monkey. Oh, f- awesome. I just like I just was a monkey as a kid, just jumping around and hanging on shit. Um, what which of, what kind of monkey? Like a baboon or a chimpanzee? Well, that would be a baboon or a gorilla, and, a and that would be a that. Those are all different animals. <laughs> Thinking more like a spider monkey. Well, uh, those are not in the monkey. I don't know. No, an orangutan <laughs> is an orangutan, and a chimpanzee is a okay, chimpanzee. Okay, well, a monkey is not just a monkey. There's types of monkeys. Yeah. Okay, what's a monkey? But chimpanzee is not a monkey. I'm just making this up. Yeah, I know you sure. are. And I'm pushing back because <laughs> I see through it. I think it's your can we, uh damn. Fact th- check. Sorry. Side Any note. monkey enthusiasts out there? Yeah, correct uh, us. I I kinda wanna do this sometime. One of my favorite podcasts, they do like call in shows where they have a number. Oh yeah. People can just call in. I'm like, this would be a great time for a listener to call oh, in. Fun. But they do live YouTube shows. Yeah, yeah, so yeah. we'll get there one day. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Okay, I'm monkey, fine. we'll move forward. Why a but monkey? Why? You're okay. 30 fine. seconds. Uh, oh. Well, I don't want to be a monkey anymore. I want to be a tiger. I want to be a, uh, a lion. I mean, I want to be a lion because uh, king of the jungle. And I just think of Lion King. I inspire everybody. Fine, I'm a monkey, and you know what? I'll no, be no, no, no. I like so a lion. Why did you tell us? Hey, this there are no rules because I've always been a monkey in my head, and I, I've never really thought about it until you just asked this. But guess what? I'll be the monkey or chimp <laughs> no. or whatever it is. No, I'll like be Rafiki from Lion King because he was the wise He's a baboon. sage. So baboon, whatever he is. You're Rafiki. not a monkey. You're a baboon. Fine. Taylor, what animal would you be and why? <laughs> Thanks, Maddie. Great, great chance. I was never going to ask. Um, <laughs> I would be a lion because I went to Africa – after college oh, you're and so cultured. went on a safari. <sighs> yeah. I don't want to get into that, but not cultured. Um, and yeah, we went on a safari and saw these lions and I saw them literally, I have this picture, um, of a lion, like growling at something and it's like front teeth and it's just like so sick and close up. And, um, they would like come up to the vans and then we, s- I literally saw them like stalk these zebras and chase after it. And they were just like, so power. It's like indescribable. I was never really into like national geographic or anything. Mm. Um, and then our, we didn't see any, like, I mean, I saw, a lo- I saw hippos, I saw giraffes, I saw <coughs> elephants, all kinds of animals, but nothing like wild. And our, uh, bus driver, three seconds. I know. I'm like, I'm just kidding. <laughs> our bus driver said like the, the week before he saw, an elephant giving birth, and this is going to sound morbid, and then these lions went and killed the, the elephant being born and then killed the mother. And, like, that sounds terrible, but that's, like, nature. It's I, I kind of would love to see something like that. So, uh, yeah, just be, like, so powerful. Yeah. That's sick. Nature is metal is a great Instagram It is. Yes. So good. So yeah. good. I, you know what I'd really love to be is the rhinoceros on Ace Ventura that uh, – Ace Ventura crawls out of his Next question. butthole. <laughs> um, okay. If you could bring back any fashion trend, what would it be? Ooh. I know Maddie's got a good answer for this. Converse. I think they're always in. She's though. wearing Converse. Oh, yeah. They're, they're still in. They're always in. But they're are they? Yeah. I feel like they like fall in and out. I don't know. I, I can't think of any. I feel like in the gym crowd, you see tough. a lot of people. Now now at this like global gym, um, all these lifters, you know, oh, are, yeah. wearing their Converse. Converse. Flat, oh, at the gym. Sick. Yeah. That's fun. Yeah, I think it's... Uh, this Fashion is a hard trend. question. I know. I'm like, skip, actually. Matt, what are you... Uh, oh, man. Yeah, that's a tough question because I, I don't I don't care. I know. Like, I'm not like... <laughs> we know. Man, if, oh, if only we could I could wear this. Like, probably just fucking wear it. Uh, yeah, okay. That's my answer. Um, what about yeah, you? I don't... I don't know if I had one. That's why I was hoping you guys would inspire me. Parachute it, pants. Because it's like, 
Everything come full, cir- full circle. I mean, I love yeah. corduroy. Corduroy. Mm, Matt had actually. I was gonna make a joke corduroy from. Pants. I feel like no fashion goes on. <laughs> well, your new Instagram so account. You have corduroys. Yeah. And I, See? I was gonna be hashtag from khakis to corduroys. Dude, I love wow. it. Wow. <laughs> I love it. And then it. I think I got distracted. Um. Uh, yeah. The only thing I can think of is Jinkos. Do you guys remember Jinkos? You yeah, might be a little too a young. Jinko. Oh. You. Uh. I feel like we talked about. They're this like. Once. Are those shoes? This bag jeans that are like oh. this baggy. Oh my god. And I th- like parachute when he says pants. This, kind of, but wide. but they're just like jeans. Just straight kind of. I said parachute pants. We're on the same page. Uh, not exactly, but I remember getting them. They were expensive. Finally, took my mom into getting them. <laughs> Stop, Matt. That's trying Plank to touch my toes. <laughs> Not trying to touch table. your toes. I touched your toes. <laughs> okay. Playing a little footsie. This Matt, guy. Hey, take your fucking shoes off of my house. What are you even uh, doing wow. wearing those converse? Uh, okay, so, so Jinkos, super wide. I finally got a pair, and then like the next school year, they were out of style. Mm-hmm. So sad. Mm-hmm. But they shouldn't come back. Hawaiian okay. shirts. That's um, my answer. Hawaiian shirts. I did it. Boom. Hawaiian shirts. No buttons. Again, I feel like in mountain bike, you should get a mountain bike because all mountain bikers wear like Hawaiian, Hawaiian shirts. Really? Yeah, See, it's like so a it thing. just depends on Hawaiian Fridays. Aloha okay, we're going to try and do two more. Uh, what's the weirdest food you've eaten? Ooh. This is tough because I eat some weird things at the culinary school. De- um, define food. <laughs> Oh, great. You thought I was going to say yeah, weird. Yeah, not what you're thinking. Uh, what so. am I thinking? I don't know, but not that. I ate dog food once. It tastes just like it smells. <laughs> Wait, Delicious. hard or soft dog food? I'm just kidding. I have dog food. That was a Dave Chappelle joke. Um, technically, escargot. Because it all made sense when you said that. But uh, Escargot I had in Paris, but it was like. Was it good? It was fucking amazing. It was fried in butter and garlic. Okay, well, fried doesn't count. Cause it's not, fr- not like deep fried. I don't know. It was cooked. It's like. I didn't just mm. pick up a slug off the side of the road and eat it. Mm. Though, at the same time, when I was in Paris, uh, me and my ex, um, we had sex under the Eiffel Tower. Uh, and while we were doing that, there it is. There was there a, it is. There was a, so we're missionary, and there's a slug right next <laughs> to her head. You like, actually had sex under the Eiffel Tower? Not like literally under it, but if you've ever been, there's what a giant you? field in I front of it. So, I don't know. So, so oh, that's a lie. Adjacent to it. Can you get accurate with your language? Under. No. I'm sticking with under. You're not under. That's fine. But I was. You're not. Uh, I think it mine's a quail egg. I know it's no. not the it's weirdest, fun. but it is a very interesting experience. Yeah. Well, so ironically, when I also went on the safari in Africa, we went to this like kind of like a Brazilian steakhouse here in the U.S., but it was like wild game meat. So like zebra. Mm. And I can't even remember. But so had bro. Oh, yeah, like Some alligator. Of those, well, that's not weird. Well, Florida. We yeah, had lots of alligator. Yeah. So that was going to be my second thing, but nothing super crazy. <laughs> that reminds me of Waterboy <laughs> eating alligators. Well, Mama, okay. don't know, don't hurt her. Last question. Um, what are you reading right now? Mm, failing Forward mm. by, I don't know. Tell me more. Um, I Do you know who it's by? Do you know that no, book? That so it's just all about failure and why mm. failure can be is good Who's for that us. I don't know. I feel like it's John. Don't something. worry. I looked it up. John Maxwell. John Maxwell. Like yes. an older book. Oh, it John is an Maxwell. older book. So I found Four it in one of the – I read two books at once. So I'm reading Glennon Doyle's Untamed mm. and then Failing Forward. And I nice. found both of them in one of my, like, neighborhood um, library little books. Free library uh, yeah. things. Oh, yeah. Dude, the people in my neighborhood read really good books. Oh, nice. Yeah. There's one over here. I'm it's like garbage. Stoked about it. 
I think they're worth like losing books. <laughs> it's funny because I'll go for walks next to my apartment sometimes, and then I'll like see one. I'm like, oh, going this way, and I'm like, I'm just curious. Yeah, it's, it's Do, yeah. Sometimes you can find some really good stuff. I I love them. I look at them every all the time. Mm. So yeah, that's nice. what I'm reading. Matt. Yeah, I already, already mentioned Deepak, but I'm also reading <coughs> um, Talking to Strangers by Malcolm Gladwell. Uh, which that's probably fascinating. His stuff is always good, but yeah, it's essentially like we default to truth. Um, we don't assume anyone's lying like ever and why that seems kind of crazy, but it's actually how the world needs to work. Cause if you were assuming everyone was lying all the time, like would, wouldn't, we would not have a functioning society, but one of the big cases he's like walking, I'm only a hundred pages in, but walking through like the Jerry Sandusky case. Um, who was like the Penn child State molester guy. Penn State, yeah. Um, and about like how it got brought up and it, it went to Joe Paterno and then went to the athletic director and then the president of Penn State and like went up all these levels. And because of the story that came to them, it was like, well, this guy's not really sure what he saw in the shower with the kid. Mm. Do we really think Jerry Sandusky's raping little kids in the shower, you know, Penn State locker room? So we default to truth and we go, I don't, I don't know. I don't think we, you know, we escalate this. Wow. And it's not really anyone's fault, but, right. you know, they go to jail for it. Yeah. But r this is what we all do. They talk about CIA cases uh, like um, from uh, like Cuba and all these double agents. And like, wow, did um, – what's the Cuban dude name? Totally forgetting. Phil Castro. Phil Castro. Um, yeah. He's like, did Phil Castro really have the best spies to, like, infiltrate the CIA, like the one of the top, you know, government agencies ever? Um, and it's no, he didn't, mm. but people just default to truth. Mm. So when like someone's like stammering, like, you know, Hey Maddie, like a bit, you know, what are you a spy? It's like, uh, uh, no, like, why do you assume that? It's like, Whoa, Maddie acted really weird when I said that, but of course she's not a spy. She's been with us for 10 years. She's got all, everyone speaks so highly of her. Like I'm just being paranoid. That's just weird. I've actually always wanted to be a spy. You really? <laughs> oh God. Don't trust Maddie. What have we got ourselves into, Taylor? <laughs> I could see that. Uh, I feel like that's a whole another podcast. But anyway, it is. really cool book. Taylor, what are you reading? Um, I'm also reading two. Am I reading two books or am I reading like four books oh, right two, now? Two books. I feel like four yeah. Um, books. Yeah. <laughs> one of them is The Little Engine That Could. Uh, well, I just finished one. So the main book I'm reading right now is Emotional Agility, um, mm. which is really fascinating. This guy I follow on Instagram posted it on his on his story and it's kind of a on, along the realm of emotional intelligence but actually uh last night i read uh about this one chapter talking about journaling um and i actually took a picture of it so that's what i was looking to find but it's super fascinating do you have i have a book that uh, uh i would like to read an excerpt from but yeah it uh it talks about journaling and essentially i'm going to kind of summarize it and then i want to read this this one sentence but there was this study done, and when people write about emotionally charged things, um, they're essentially happier, and they move through it. And he, there were a bunch of studies, one where it was like something kind of traumatic that happened, and then there was another study that was like at the workplace, and there were all these people that got laid off at this like factory. And they had some people just journal about like whatever, and then they had some just write down like, hey, what went through it? Were you sad? Whatever. And the people who like talked about the emotionally charged thing um, we're happier. We're like more likely to already be in another job or applying to jobs or whatever. But, um, he, the author, she talks about, she calls it stepping out. So after showing up, there's another, another critical aspect of agility, stepping out deeper analysis over the years 
shows that unlike brooders and bottlers or those who let it all hang out in big venting rants, the writers who thrive the most began to develop insight. Using phrases such as, I have learned, it struck me that the reason that I now realize and I understood, or I understand. In the process of writing, they were able to create the distance between the thinker and the thought, the feeler and the feeling that allowed them to gain a new perspective, unhook and move forward. And I think that's so cool. And this is something I talked to, I know we've talked about journaling a lot lately, um, but with my clients then I'm like, part of the reason is like, you're going to become the coach mm-hmm. where like, eventually I had a, a call with a client a week ago oh, and I, I like that. And you're I are t- going to become the coach. Woo baby. Right, yeah. Cool. And I talked to him about, you know, he would, he would write all this stuff. And then I was like, Hey, don't forget to reflect. Mm. Like, it's not just because so many people are like, Oh, I'm just writing negative things. I'm like, cool. I don't care. Write the negative things, but then reflect because now my journaling process is I'll be like, Oh my God, she thinks this of me. Like, you know, this happened and nobody likes me and I'm not going to get this job and blah, blah, blah. And then I'll pause and I'll be like, that's just not true. Mm-hmm. I know that's true. And so, you know, like she says here, you start learning, you start using words like I have learned. It struck me that the reason that. So it was just cool, more evidence for the power of journaling. Love it. Bam. I love it. I was listening to the happiness lab Ooh. because I'm trying to learn more about happiness. Is the, do they have an Instagram account? Guys, I, I, didn't, like. I didn't put a memory card in, in there, so <laughs> we're not recording. Wow. So if you're on YouTube, you're not on YouTube because yeah. – uh, sorry about that. I didn't put a memory card in my camera <laughs> as I realized 30 minutes this in. This is not our real account. If you're watching this on YouTube, please report up. Um, yeah, somehow you're watching this. That's a miracle. Are there cameras in, in here? Um, Dwight, shoot. But, yeah, so the Happiness Lab, uh, I'm not going to nail this perfectly. Maybe we can come back to it. But uh, it talks about rejection and how people manage rejection. And it's exactly that. If you can stop and reflect and be like, what happened here? And I also think to that point, it's – I love that you said becoming the coach. But it's asking yourself better questions. And I talked about this on my other PTBA podcast. um, But – the quality of our life is determined by the quality of questions we ask. And so often when something terrible, Maddie just had a mind blowing moment. Sorry. That's good. Yeah. I didn't make it up. Um, who did? Is that a quote? Anyway. Uh, yeah. I'm like, oh, actually, I think he did make that up off of something else, but okay. Sick. I made that up. Um, <laughs> quote, quote, Matt. Um, and, uh, but so often when we don't, when something bad is happening to us, what do people say to themselves? Um, oh shit. Why is this happening to me? Oh, <laughs> that's what a lot of people ask. I know I've asked that before. Uh, why is this happening to me? Um, why yeah. me? Why Which now? All this stuff. Typically with the journaling and what I'll tell people and what I do is I'll ask that question. Then I'll answer it. Yeah. Mm. And answer it. But then you can ask better questions as well, where it's like what you said, uh, what you just read, what can I learn from this? You know, what is it mm. teaching me? What, what can I take away from this? Like, well, you know, better questions to be like, like you said, victim mentality rather than suffering in that. And why me? And t- yeah, typically no one answers the question. So it's just like the woe is me. Yeah. Uh, like, oh my God, my life is so hard. Um, all this stuff, which is not to say, you know, we all deal with our problems. Um, but that's the point of you reading that. And I think what I heard on dealing with rejection uh, is to reflect, to ask better questions, to get a deeper understanding. And this all just ties into happiness being a choice. Yes. And being like, yes, you can be sad. And a mentor of mine was talking about when his dog died last year. And he's like, it was really sad. We took it really hard. Uh, It was terrible. But then he's like, I had this really great moment of reflection. 
don't know if it was the same day or the, the day the next day, but he was like, how beautiful is it that I could have loved something so deeply that I feel this awful? How, how great is that? You know, and it's that cliche stuff you say, you know, to people who lose. It's like, don't think about the death. Think about all the good times you had. But it is true. Mm, I love that. We I was in a conversation on, on Saturday uh, with Quincy, this chef. Shout out Quincy. We're going to have him on the podcast. Um, and he was like, yeah, I follow your stuff. And what I, and I remember I was like getting excited because he's got he's just got a cool story and like an interesting perspective, but he's a, a professional chef. He's worked at some super high end restaurants in Denver, grew up in Jackson hole. Um, and I remember being like, Oh, like, I don't want to ask you this. I don't want to ask you this, whatever. Cause I want you to be on the podcast. And he's like, Hey, like, just so you know, like the restaurant industry, like they're not happy. Like we're not happy. And I'm like, cool. Like I still want to have you on. Like you yeah. can prove me wrong. But then and I was like, but th- here's the thing. Like, what does that, what does that mean? Well, he's just, he's like, shit's just gone. Shit goes down in the kitchen, you know? Yeah. Oh, people oh. yell people at are like aggressive. People are brutal. People it's kick you out of the, the not chef. Not really like, a positive environment. Yeah. At all. Super negative. Just like people talk shit on you. No, to get started, you're not making money, whatever. And I was like, yeah, but you told me earlier, like you love what you do. And he's like, oh yeah, absolutely. And I was like, well, that's the point. Even in spite of all this your perspective is how you're choosing happiness. And he's like, Oh yeah, definitely. So, Mm, um, it's in line with that where it's like, it doesn't mean that everything's rose colored, but it's the questions you ask. All right. So I have this book. My mom got it for me. It's the boy, the mole, the fox and the horse. It's a beautiful story. I don't, I don't even know if I call it children's book. Honestly, it might be one of my favorite books. You can see here all the dog, all the rabbit ears. What do you call these rabbit ears that I have in here? I'm just going to open to one because I've, I've touched them because it's just whatever page you open to, it's uh, it's a gem. So I'm going to just pick one. It's what you're meant to hear right and now. Exactly. Us. So we'll pick this one. And here it is. When the big things feel out of control, focus on what you love right under your nose. There it is. The boy, the fox, the whole – we're recording now. Guy has fixed it, I think. Um, so, Wait, yeah. Damn, how wild that you just pulled out that page and we're talking about this right now. Yeah. So focus on when you feel things out of control, focus on what you love right under your nose. The little things. The little things. Taylor love just it. sniffed his fingers. That was fun. Love it. What's <laughs> I was trying to feel what's under my nose. Mm-hmm. Oh. Taylor's Taylor's his mustache. Yes. Beard, Apparently. facial hair. Apparently. Nice. Um all right, should we talk about responsibility? Yeah. Let's theme of today. Matt, you texted me and you said a bunch of stuff around responsibility. This is the topic we want to talk about. But one thing that stuck out was nobody's coming to save you. Mm. Tell me more. Uh, yeah, right in line with what we're talking about. Victim mentality. Um, just reflecting a lot on my own journey. And I have started this new Instagram because I have... For, oh, I'd say a year and a half. Um, I may I may have told the story before for about a year and a half. A year and a half ago, uh, when I was a personal trainer here, um, I didn't love what I was doing. Uh, I didn't love personal training like I thought I would. And I was doing photography and all this stuff, blah, blah, blah. And I knew even when I was being a personal trainer, and it was like like not just CrossFit classes, but like one-on-one personal training, like counting people's reps. I was like, yeah, I was programming for them, and it was fun, and you know, holding them accountable to show up because they're paying me. But it's like, Really, we're just counting reps and chit-chatting. Mm-hmm. I'm like, these people need more. 
like not only they need more nutrition, but like man, a lot of these people aren't very happy. And uh, not to say I had it all figured out. And I think that's kind of the point. Um, but I texted my ex, fiance at the time, wife, whatever it was at the time, uh, and our and our good friend Billy, two timer on the podcast. Uh, and I said, guys, I would love to help Matt in New York City as an engineer. And Billy responded and was like, like a life coach? And I'm like, whoa, who am I to be a life coach? Yeah, those guys are weird. <laughs> those guys are so weird. And I just – I think. But if you need a life coach. <laughs> uh, call me. Call Matt. Uh, <laughs> stealing it from Taylor. I'm just kidding. Um, but anyway, uh, you know, when I think the conversation ends there for a lot of people. Like, wow, this is I've really been called to do. something I've really wanted. And through my path of, like, just, like, I mean, dollar in the – I'm going to get a fucking bike jar, by the way. Dollar in the bike jar from the bike trip to two years later, finally deciding to move to Colorado to be like, I can't do this anymore. I can't be an engineer. Like, this is not the life I'm supposed to live. To take that in my hands and to be a personal trainer and then not to get stuck in personal training and be like – now I'm a personal trainer. It's like, no, no, no. I actually love photography. I'm going to do this. Oh, my God. Then COVID happens. Uh, okay, now what? Like, I'm, I've learned a lot about branding. Let me start this brand course. Ah, that kind of sucked. Uh, I need to niche down. Like, I think I can help personal trainers, the person I once was. All the way up to now, now going, wow, I now finally have the tools from everything that I've done to help Matt five years ago. Matt, the engineer. Someone who is dispassionate about the work that they do is working for the weekends, uh, knows that they're meant for more, know that there's something more to life. They don't want to wait till they're 50 or 60 to love life. Uh, and they want to do it now, but they just don't know how. And that's the person I want to help. And through all of this, it's like, if I just, if I just thought that I was going to find my passion, if I just thought one day I'm going to get this opportunity, someone's going to walk into my life and be like, Hey Matt, you can do this and not be an engineer anymore. It's not going to fucking happen. Right. Nobody is coming to save you. Right. And I don't know what your path is, but we are so afraid, we, the general we, uh, a lot of us are so afraid to do what we really know we want to do and do what's right and do what feels so good because of, like, your, my favorite quote that you say that you got from Anat, Anat Perry. Is mm -hmm. that, um, uh, it's not who you are. It's what you learned. Mm. And if you learned it, you can unlearn it. Yes. And everything, everything, who we are is what we learned from, you know, I say this too, right? We're born in a cult. We talked about that with Teresa. Uh, none of this has to be this way. If you don't want it to be this way, you just learned this somewhere along the way. Uh, and I keep giving this example to people. It's like <laughs> my teacher was in second grade. It was actually Miss Miller. But I was actually really good at math, but I don't know. This is the example I use. But it's like Miss Miller says, you're not good at math. You know, really just focus on reading and writing. And so that's what you do. And then you're a little, whatever, nine-year-old, ten-year-old kid. And you go into third grade. I'm not good at math. I'm focusing on reading. Fourth grade, I'm not good at math. All the way up to life, I'm not good at math. And so that leads you to now you got to pick what you're going to do for the rest of your life when you're 16, 17 years old. Well, I sure as hell can't be an engineer because I'm not good at math. So I guess I'll just be – an English teacher because I've been focusing on reading and writing all my life. And it's like, but I really fucking love building things and uh, on and on, right? I'm just making shit up. But it's yeah. like this little one thing that you learned. And that's one little thing, right? We go through all of this throughout all of our life to be taught a, a certain 
way that we're supposed to live or what the people who are older than us, who we're supposed to trust with our lives, tell us is the right way to do things. And that leads us to whatever, 22, 25, 30 years old, 31 Just years casually old. casually going about life. Going through it because it's yeah. what I was supposed to do. Yeah. And then as an adult, you get this beautiful privilege. Okay, but do you think – Wait, I want to finish. As an adult, you get this – I know I've been talking a lot. You get this beautiful privilege to now reflect and now make choices for yourself and go, what the fuck am I doing here? Or maybe you don't, and I, maybe that's the problem. But I think we're just going back to that victim mentality. If if you just you just killed my rant, Taylor. I don't know. <laughs> I, I don't know if I had anywhere to go. But but it, but it's just like if you want something more, if there's something, if there's like if it's picking at you, picking at you, you don't have to quit engineering and move across the country and do something for, you know, make $2,000 a month, but take the step forward because you're just going to continue to wonder, to wait and wait. And I I will tell you, you're just going to keep waiting because no one's come to save you. Yeah. Yeah. I could keep going. Can I talk now? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, (laughs) Just trying to have a conversation. I know. know? I'm here. I hear you. Um, I'm just feeling it. (laughs) So I'm, and I, I'm not, I'm just going to ask the question. I don't necessarily have one thought or the other, but do you think people are waiting for someone to save them or they're afraid of the responsibility? Oh my God. That's a great, great question. And maybe it's both. I think it's both. Well, I think they're waiting for someone to look at them and say, you can totally do that. Yeah. And it could be, but the people who know us best don't know what we can do. Or I don't know. No, that's a great, that's a great question. What it is, is, I only ask great questions. Yeah, of course. <laughs> For I the know. record. You're, you're no, – okay, I'm going to skip that. Um, <laughs> Thank you. Thank yeah, you. Yeah, yeah. Sometimes I can hold myself back. Um, I think it is being afraid of the responsibility. I, I don't think people are sitting there being like, someone's going to save me. It's more of a statement. It's more of like a, a – a, a It's like you got to – Shake sometimes. waking them the fuck up. Yeah. Yes, like, no one's visual. going to save you. Yeah. So fucking take some action. And it's like, oh, so I have to, I have to do something. Like, I think that's more what the statement is. You know, what's, what came to mind though is, and I think it is a little different for everyone else, but if I think about my story, I moved to Colorado when I was 22, graduated college, ended up coaching a CrossFit gym. Six months into it, I was like, I don't want to do this forever, but it's cool for now. Mm-hmm. Five years later, I'm still at the same gym. Mm-hmm. I, you know, I got promotions and I was like manager of the gym and whatever. And a lot of that was because I, at that time in my life, I was afraid of making a wrong decision. Mm. I would have, if you would have asked me, I would have said there was a wrong decision. And throughout those five years, I applied to PT school. I looked into jobs with um, sales and all kinds of different things. But I was like, ah, if I don't love this, I don't want to do it. I don't, you know, and a piece of advice I give my younger self is like, just try anything. Go be a bartender, mm. go work retail, go move to the mountains, like whatever, just try sh- stuff and it'll l- work out. But part of the reason I didn't take any action is because I really was like, all right, I got to wait for my purpose. I was like waiting for it to show up on my doorstep with a nice bow on it. Um, but then I progress to, so that was like 22 to like 26 ish at 28, you know, I, tr- I started trying shit. I, Quit that CrossFit gym. I got a job at Colorado State at Clemson. Ended up in Florida working a desk job. And 
I was like, ah, this is not it. I tried these things. I figured it out, I figured out what I wanted to do. And then I remember hiring a coach and a mentor and like the, th the one thing that was holding me back, like I had started my business, but holding me back from being successful was like, I was scared of being responsible for it. And mm -hmm. this is like now a lot of what I teach language, right? I used to use a lot of self-talk. So like, ah, I'm going to try and start my own business or I think I'm going to do this. Um, so I just kind of had this, that, <clears throat> um, I guess epiphany, if you will, of like different times in my life, both of those were true. Yeah. Yeah. So like, <laughs> I don't know. We, I think we talked about this before, but it's like, wh what's the awakening point? Where do you like, I could talk about my own experience, but I think Teresa said it well on the previous podcast where it's like to take the calculated risk, mm. um, could be important for some people, maybe not, maybe you just need to jump and kind of weave your net on the way down because that's what happens. Mm -hmm. There's no net. You can't set up a net. You're going to weave it on the way down. You're going to like a little bird jumping out of the cage. You're going to learn to fly. Like you can't fly in the, in the nest. You got to jump out. Uh, and then some of them <laughs> shouldn't even say this. Some of them don't make it and fucking die. But, uh, most of us, you know, you're not going to die from, from this won't be, if you're listening to this podcast, that's not won't, you. won't be you. Yeah. You but. listen to us. You're, you're totally fine. You're in good hands, <laughs> but, uh, um, you're immune. But, uh, yeah, I mean, I, I would say I, for the last few years, I think since moving to Colorado, I've been living my purpose mm. yet. How can I be living my purpose if it's changed so much? Mm. Well, Matthew, your purpose is allowed to change throughout your lifetime. Yeah, that's right. Um, you know, what's interesting though, then the kind of the third piece as I'm like reflecting on my life was I was 28. I decided to finally go after something and I figured out what I really wanted. Uh, but up to that point, I was playing the victim of like, oh, this coach, you know, these coaches wanted me to go to Clemson. So I went to Clemson. My parents wanted me to move back to Florida. So I took this desk job and like, they made me do this. They pressured me. They, 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 they victim mentality. And it wasn't until I was like a coach taught me and made me aware of like, no, don't use soft talk. What do you want? Go after it. And then as soon as I took responsibility, that's when all the shit started happening mm -hmm. that I wanted because I, I took responsibility for that. And I think it's, it's interesting because so many people, you hear this, uh, just focus on what you can control. Mm -hmm. And I feel like that statement is usually in terms of like, if things aren't going well or you're upset, maybe it's a breakup, you lose your job, like you're unhappy. It's like, oh, well, what can just focus on what you can control. But I think this goes back to, we talked about journaling earlier in the podcast. You know, if you are journaling and if you're not start tomorrow, just write down one sentence and then you can close the book. Write down Taylor's making me journal. Yeah. And then if you want to write more, write more. Um, but okay. Ask, oh, here's some journaling prompts for you. Ask yourself what's going well, what could be going better? And then when you look at what could be going better, what are you doing? or not doing. So what are you doing? What could you be doing to make that better? Or what are you not doing? Start, stop, continue, right? What are you not doing? Which is why it's not going better. And that's where the responsibility comes in. And I think, like you said, so many people are, whether they have this conscious awareness or not, they're, they're living their life as if they believe someone's going to come save them. Taylor, what if I told you, you could control everything in your life? I wouldn't believe you. You wouldn't believe me? No. Wouldn't you agree that this is the same idea we're talking about with taking responsibility? Uh, you can control your action. You can control your response. This goes mm -hmm. back to Viktor Frankl. Mm -hmm. You can shoot, you can control your response to things, but some things you can't. You know, if a tornado comes and tears down my house, I can't control that, but I can control how I respond to that. Yeah. 
I think what I'm getting at is that you absolutely cannot control life yeah. no matter what. So if we take that approach that we can't control it, then what if we just take the approach that we can control everything in that sense, in that sense that we are taking responsibility for everything. Um, new Apple TV uh, show, uh, The Shrink Next, Next Door with oh. Paul Rudd and Will Ferrell. Wow. Oh, this was not it. a succession. Not, not succession. Wow. Fuck off. <laughs> That's their number one line. Um, but uh, it's the very first episode. It's like, ten, I don't know, it's like 20 minutes in. Uh, he's very first meeting Paul Rudd. They go for a walk. He's like, let's play some basketball. It's like, what? He's like, I don't, I'm not good at basketball. And, you know, the ball gets past Will Ferrell. They're on opposite teams, Will and Paul Rudd. And uh, he's like flustered. He's got the ball and, and he's, you know, someone's guarding him up in his face. And Paul Rudd's like, here, pass to me, pass to me, pass to me. So Will Ferrell passes to him because he's freaking out. And Paul Rudd takes it, dribbles, scores. And uh, everyone's like, come on, man. What the hell's wrong with you? Why'd you do that? You suck. Uh. Will Ferrell looks at him and goes, why'd you make me do that? He's like, I didn't make you do that. You did that. You made you do that. Yeah. yeah. And it's, it's just that. I think people always go to like, why'd you make me do that? Or like, I did this because of this. It's like, no, no. You're always choosing. You're always choosing. You're, you're always taking responsibility. Yeah, or, <laughs> I think you're not taking responsibility. You're always choosing, and then it's up to you to be like, "Wow, well, I I'm taking the responsibility for what I chose." Yeah, I'm I'm just brainstorming here, but I think a big part of this comes down to like society and awareness, mm-hmm. right? And you said it earlier. Like, I actually wrote a a blog about this the other day, which is why it's top of mind. But you know, we're born to to a cult. You always say this, like, of your parents' beliefs, society, the education you grew up, the part of the country where in the world you grew up, you know, whether you had a lot of money, not a lot of money, privilege, et cetera. And that shapes your world for 10, 15, 18 years. You know, it's funny what I feel like you miss sometimes with this and not to say you explain it really well, but there's also like how your parents react to shit or whoever raised you. When I always give the example of like when someone cuts you off, right? And like my dad tailgates the person, puts his brights on even when it's, you know, noon bright day ever like he'll put the brights on and he'll swear and like and uh and then so what do i do i you know i learned to drive and what do i do when someone cuts me off what i've learned swear freak out and like that's obviously not productive but that's a small example uh give you a better example um the the few the moms we have um or i have in the ptba but uh you coach with me um that i tell them i'm like when you uh they, they don't want to be moms anymore. They want to be more than moms. They want to be, well, say Stephanie. Like, I just want to be Stephanie again, right? I want to be mom. I don't want to be husband. Like, I want my own thing. And it's like the beautiful part of this is that when you are um, just being a mom, like here's some accountability. When your kid grows up and, you know, is 22, 23, and then eventually be a mom, what's going to happen when they're a mom? They're going to now do exactly what you did and be a mom. But if instead you started saying, you know, going in your office going, this is mommy time. I'm working on my business and I, I get this hour for myself. When your kid grows up and sees everything that you did, when she grows up and she's in college or she eventually be, maybe, you know, becomes a mom, she'll be like, wow, my mom wasn't just a mom. My mom, like, took time for a business. She took time for play. Her and dad had date night, all this stuff, right? My point of saying all this is as far as being in, born into a cult, like, this is what you're born into, all of the shit that your parents did and the way they reacted and responded to stuff is exactly how you are. And you know, you grow up and you're like, Oh my God, I'm just like my dad. I'm just like my mom. Oh my God. It's scary. 
Well, that's not your fault because you saw it a million times. Monkey see, monkey do. Yeah. You do you remember your thought? I know. Uh, like, I'm sorry. still intrigued at Taylor's saying. I'm trying to remember where I was going with that. Um, it, w- it was going to tie into like the unlearning. Yeah. I we're born into a cult. Oh, I wrote this blog the other day. Um, yeah. So you're, so like, you know, Matt talked about, you have all of these things, right? That's how you are. But I think then you get to around, like uh, for me, it was 18. I go to college in another state. I don't know anyone. And then I moved to four years later, I moved to Colorado and I don't need, and all of a sudden there's like all these new ideas and beliefs that were like, maybe not even taught to me that they were wrong, but I was just never open to like, Oh, this could be it. And I think that's why, you know, part of the reason we're talking about this, like if you're listening is just question things, just ask yourself, like when it comes to responsibility, like, is this the way that it's supposed to be? Well, so. it, yeah, I'm, I'm like sitting here, you guys are killing it. Um, but I'm like, it's your responsibility that if you don't like what's going on around you, move. move. Yeah. Put yourself mm-hmm. in a different environment that you like. You know what I mean? Or I that believe <coughs> in. Like, do that for yourself because mm-hmm. you deserve it. Yeah, you and deserve th- what you want to do. I think it's like, this is us giving you permission. Yeah. Like, you're allowed to do that. And yes. I think that's that's the hard part, I think, why so many people – I think it's subconscious with the, like – they live their life as if they're waiting for someone to save them. Mm -hmm. But if we were to talk to them, they may not like actually believe that they're like, no, 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 no. But it's like, this is where the self-reflection is so important. It's like, and this is actually how I end my life coaching program and leadership course is like at the very end, you know, responsibility is defined as your ability to respond. So you have a choice what you're going to respond to. Right. Um, And this is what's funny. Like an example I always give is delegating. So many people think if, I say, hey, Maddie, can you do X, Y, and Z for me? That I'm no longer responsible. Mm. But no, I'm still responsible because if if you don't do it, I delegated that to you. So part of the job is being a leader and delegating is, you know, making sure they have the support, the accountability, the follow-up, right? Um, So it's really the self-awareness of like, what are you taking responsibility for? And this is a question we should ask ourselves regularly. You know, Matt and I talk about all the time, we're entrepreneurs and we are also each other's therapists and whatever, but we have ebbs and flows. We have good times. We have bad times. And you've got lover. <laughs> uh, no, no. Well, give me a little kiss right no, now. No, I didn't. Let's show the camera. Come on, right in front of Deuce. Just a little peck. No. <laughs> you didn't even lean forward a little. No, I scooted back. You didn't tease. see. No. There was no tease. I'm <laughs> Stop touch. playing footsie with me. Um, anyways, back oh to what boy. I was saying. Uh, you know, if things are not going well in my business, it's okay to be like, man, why is this happening? I feel like I've made so much, you know, so many strides, et cetera, et cetera. And then it's like, okay, well, how could I show up better? What could I do better? And that's the responsibility part. Yeah. So, he, I mean, here's the rub, folks. Heard it here first. In that same vein. If, <laughs> yeah. Big dicks. <laughs> Sorry. If you're new here, when Taylor says on that same vein, I think of penises. Rub Don't that same vein. Me. Um, I've been, I've been looking at one with a okay, giant vein. Okay, okay, okay. okay. Uh, <laughs> and this is why we have Deuce. Uh, bring, bring us back. Bring us back. Uh, 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 if you're, sorry, you're, no, I, no, I know I, where I'm going. If you're I, okay, can I, uh, yeah, man. sure, you can hit. This hit is it a great something. story. I was talking to Deuce about this at the party. Matt was sick, and we were over at her house, and we were talking about the last clip, which was hilarious. And I said, "Tiny pieces build big machines." And Matt immediately starts talking about penises. Tiny penises. <laughs> and there's one. a moment in that clip 
where Maddie is like, stop. No, I hate you. Yeah. <laughs> you yeah. know, it's just like, that is so perfect. Cause at this point I am just like, all right, let Matt get it out of him. Let it. And, and I'm like, but that's what I feel. So yeah, that's great. sorry. Back that's to great. your, so back you to guys your hate point. me. All right. I love where this is going. Um, here's the rub y'all. What are you, do you just Google these terms? Here's like, the rub. The, have you ever heard this? No. You know, what's funny. <laughs> Are you guys thinking this is something I, sexual? Here's the tea. Because I'm thinking, of, okay, uh, whatever her name is. Huh, uh, what's her name? What's her name from Game of Thrones? She, oh. she All right, here's the rub. Let's get back on. I'm track. thinking of like rub, like on ribs. But now that oh. now that we're laughing about it, now I'm thinking of like masturbation. When's the last time you made ribs? Uh, <laughs> like, like pre-marinated ribs, a few months ago. <laughs> Earlier with a rub. Uh. Yeah, pre-marinated. I didn't rub anything. So that's not a rub is dry. I yeah, mean, yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah. I know. You said one of the last the time I made ribs. So pre-marinated. Oh. It's just like yeah, it's like barbecue sauce marinated. Yeah, ribs. so there's no rub. Correct. You said when was the last time you made ribs? Be accurate with your language. <laughs> okay, with a rub. Okay, well then never. Okay. Personally, <laughs> I've seen my dad do it. It's phenomenal. My dad also has a great rub. Here's the rub. If you don't want to take responsibility. Then just be okay with being exactly where you are right now. Mm. And that's it. And if you want to continue to complain, then take responsibility. If you take responsibility, you will have nothing to complain about. Mm. That's it. I had something else. but um, Yeah, in order no, to get where you've never gone, you have to be willing to do what you've never done. Yeah. And, yeah, it's just, like, it's this responsibility of, like, I don't know, I think, People are just blaming other people. And um, did I talk about this previously? Th- they're the people who think that life happens to them, not for them. You know what I mean? Like yeah, well, it's just like okay. I, I love your example of like if you gave something to Deuce and you were like, um, I have no more responsibility. But it's like I would make a list of. So I asked you guys this before we started the podcast. Where have you been responsible for your success? You can do I this in business, in life, in whatever, huh? I never got this list. JTYK. No, I I set up while I was setting up the camera. Oh, okay. Keep yeah, on. yeah. Sorry. We were just chatting. I didn't send a list. Um, no, That's you can. No, like. I'm talking to the I'm like talking like to the audience. Make a list <laughs> oh, of when you oh. have been responsible in your life in your business. When when good things have happened that you've been responsible for. So like an example in business is like if you made the two thousand dollars sale, and maybe you used to charge a thousand dollars or whatever. Take that for what you will in your business. Um, you took the responsibility to ask for more money. Maybe you tried a new sales tactic. Maybe you took a new sales course to learn that tactic to make the offer. Like you took responsibility. Uh, you said initiative before, um, but you're taking responsibility to improve, to take the next steps. Um, but there's also like, where are you not taking responsibility? You know, where in your business are you failing? Uh, or, you know, we don't like the word failure, but where do you feel like you're not succeeding or doing as well as you could? And where are you not taking responsibility with that? So I love Taylor's example. You know, it's not just Maddie. If it's like, you know, okay, maybe I didn't explain the task well. You know, she missed a deadline. Maybe I didn't, I told her the date, but maybe I didn't emphasize how important this deadline was. Uh, and if, if you're like, nope, I've done all of those things. Well, it's like, Taylor, like you said, like, well, you chose Maddie. You hired Maddie or you, whoever it is, right? You hired them. So who's taking that responsibility? Right, you could always come back and bring it back to you. Damn. Where can I take responsibility? All the time. And and that's just it. So wherever you are in life, you're like, yes, uh, my dad was a drunk. My mom, whatever. My mom left us. My dad was drunk. I had the worst childhood ever. 
um, all this stuff, I think, first of all, give yourself credit for wherever you are. Um, but also, uh, stop blaming, stop making these excuses. These aren't helping. It's not productive. So take responsibility and say, you always say yes. And yes, this was my not so great childhood compared to maybe someone else who had their parents around and I could be doing X, Y, Z. Yeah. That's, that's extreme ownership is like, you can hold people accountable and then always ask yourself as a leader, like, okay, how could I better explain that? How could I make sure they're better prepared? Um, kind of last thing, cause I know I said I had this great story, which, uh, I'll give like a briefer version. Oh man. The great story that everybody did definitely didn't forget about tie in. This guy is just so mean. I'm so mean. Responsible for how I'm making Taylor feel. And I'm so sorry. Here, let me rub your feet a little bit. And now I feel That's worse. I feel. Oh. I, I'm oh so excited God. for the story. I was just joking, dude. Uh, this is funny. Well, Can you so not take a joke I love from how it, this is actually from Greg Glassman. And he talks about coaches the founder fitness, of fitness. But this could be anything else. It's like you've got a lifeguard and you've got a swim coach. And I think most people are waiting for the life coach or the lifeguard. Um, they're waiting for you to save, waiting for someone to save you. So it's like, if you're drowning, if you're literally about to die, you need a lifeguard. That's like a doctor, mm-hmm. right? If you get shot by a gun, you need a doctor to save you, right? Whereas the swim coach, it's, you know, this whole give a man a fish or teach someone to fish, right? The swim coach teaches you to swim so that you won't drown, right? The analogy is in the fitness world, right? A fitness coach or a CrossFit coach is there to teach you to eat well to move well so that you don't, you know, you don't have diabetes. You don't have all these health issues. The doctor, if you see a doctor is only to save you. It's a a last ditch effort. So it's like, ask yourself, like, what are you waiting for? And I think that's the problem in our society is so many people. I mean, think about COVID. It's like, whether you're pro vaccine or anti vaccine, it's like, you're waiting for some mandate, the mandate you want to pass to change everything. But it's like, okay, well, what can you do? How can you show up? How can you love people better? How can you, you know, focus on your health, right? How can you focus on the circle around you? Or if it's politics, it's right. People are waiting for like that one president to be voted in, which like time and time again, doesn't fix everything. So it's like, you can put, I see all these people who are just like talking about it and spending all their time and their energy and focusing on these things that are like not doing anything. It's like, well, what can you do to make your life better? What can you do to make your community better? The people around you, again, show more love. So it's like, it's not just like, personal responsibility, but it's like people are waiting for this savior in whatever aspect. And I think, again, some people, maybe it's health. Some people, maybe it's politics. Some people, maybe it's like in the workplace. And it's like, if it's not going the way that you want, then become the coach, become the swim coach, save yourself. Yeah. I love it. It's great. Uh, Yeah. It's like, I love that example of the president and the economy and taxes. It's like, dude, I create my own fucking economy. I go out and I make sales to people. I go find my clients. I don't have to wait for, I mean, I know everyone's in a different business, but it's like, again, it's extreme ownership. You can take control and, uh, yeah, just like fucking do it. your fucking self for fuck's sake. <laughs> Those are my final fucks. Bingo, bingo, bongo. Bada bing, bada boom. Deuces. What do you got? Final words. I'm taking notes. What, what are you taking notes on? Just everything. Yeah. I don't know. I just. Biggest takeaway. Uh, do the damn thing. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Set yourself up for success. Nice. Give yourself. What do you need to do more of? What do I need to do more yeah, of? I'm going to put you on the hot seat. Communicating. Clearly communicating, I think. Okay. Oh, do you have an example that you 
Care to share? Well, I just, you know what? I'm going through a lot. I'm learning a lot about myself right now. Um, I struggle communicate. I'm a people pleaser. And I love to do it. But it's harmed me. And I get these resentful feelings. And I don't take responsibility for my feelings. Mm. I say they made me feel that way mm. and no it's because i pleased too much do yeah. you know what i mean i went out of my way way too much i didn't have to but i did anyway because yes. i love to see smiles that, on faces. that really resonates i, I imagine yeah. a lot of people will feel that yeah a lot of this boundary setting is something i talk with my clients about but uh that reminded me of a great story of me i think it was earlier this summer maybe spring and i was like i got on my instagram story and I'm like, what's up, guys? Like, I'm probably going to work for the next three weeks, no days off, because, uh, you know, I don't, I don't, um, what am I trying to say? I don't recommend this or tout this or whatever. Mm -hmm. Like, I'm just saying it because uh, it's just the season for me. And I honestly, I love what I do. Mm -hmm. And then after months later, reflecting on that, and I'm like, I don't actually want to work 21 days straight for fucking 15 hours or whatever. I'm like, but I love it. And I'm like, Shut the fuck up, Matt. I'm like, do you really love it? Right. Or are you just saying that to validate yourself working so hard when the exact thing you don't want is working so damn much? Right. So I would reflect on that. Like you say, I people please, but I fucking love it. Right. But do you fucking love it? Do you need to people please everyone? Well, I think it's just it, it, it was a habit. Mm. Do you know what I mean? Like, it's yeah, stunt mm. is a habit. I was actually thinking, yeah, like sorry, me. that was just <laughs> I love some it. comedy. <laughs> um, light in the mood, if you will. Uh, yeah, the first thought was like unlearning. Well, yeah. the first step is awareness. Right. You just created this awareness. Right. And and it's it's likely going back to when you're four years old. Dude, you like dude, pleased you your, my parents. You please your, yeah, your mom has a great smile. Yeah. And it's like, yeah, Ooh, the first time you, you did something and um, – you know, your parents are happy. You're like, oh, this feels good. I want to do that again. And it starts with little things like, I don't know, it could be crawling. It could be like, you know, bringing home your first A. Right. And then it becomes deeper and deeper and deeper. And then more people around you. And it's not easy. That's for it's sure. It's not. It's not. But it's good. Yeah. And it's been a lesson. And nice. I'm learning. Yeah, that's right. Learning lesson. And I'm I think that's a big thing. Like, we say this and it's like, go fucking do the thing. But also, like, this doesn't happen overnight. No, yeah, yeah. yeah. I did a podcast from my other podcast on awareness and it's like <laughs> yeah yeah so many, oh, podcasts. Wow, podcast. big so podcast many podcasts guy. Uh, it's all i do now um i mean it's the best it is all so i good. do is win but no matter what you're on the lyric train here mr i, know, I don't I memorize it. lyrics <laughs> uh i don't know what that was <laughs> just trying to impress you that was <laughs> my drum solo it's working can't you tell the table just lifted two inches <laughs> all i got to give man don't oh complain. my god you know that's i didn't get it that's a boner you, <laughs> yeah. you yeah, I know. it's usually <laughs> if you usually <laughs> like jesus usually if you don't get it just like stop thinking about it I know. and then it'll pass but also this this table is heavy so you're you know. it's also like macho uh, okay, okay okay thank god my mom doesn't listen she's like she'd be like you have to stop talking but like this my in front of mom does. madeline <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to send this to your mom. Yeah. Let's see if we can yeah. cut that. Okay. Well, I'm sorry I missed you. Uh, also, sorry I missed you at the, the oh, cookout. Oh. Um, cookout. I don't know what I was talking about. Nice. Lifting up the table with my wood. <laughs> no, not that. Uh, I know. Oh, it doesn't – yeah, awareness. It starts with awareness, right? And I think a lot of people, like, when I tell my personal training clients, like, with their clients, um, even those people, like, they, they could have had 
New Year's resolution, resolutions for four years in a row. Like that awareness to be like, I know I'm not eating healthy. I know I need to get better. Yet two, three years goes by and nothing really changes. Maybe they've done some diets, but no real changes till finally something happens. The 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 straw can't, that breaks camel's back. Like something will happen that gets them there. And that, that might be maybe what you need. Yeah. Like <laughs> unfortunately, but that's the way it seems to go for like a lot of us. And uh, I don't know. So I, I, I Sometimes I wonder if I ever had that or if I was just like, I'm afraid. I'm afraid to get there. So mm-hmm. I took action before. Um, but anyway, but like the awareness and that n- knowing that like, cool. All right, you're a people pleaser. You've now created awareness. That's phenomenal. It's not going to change tomorrow. Someone's going to text you. You're going to say yes. And you're going to be like, oh, fuck, I did it again. But again, you created that awareness. Oh, fuck, I did it again. Uh, now let's be more aware. Let's slow down. Don't respond so fast on the text maybe or don't say yes so quickly. Um, yeah, so just creating that awareness and be like, what is this costing me by saying yes? If I really want to hang out with this person, what could I be doing instead? Could I be filling my cup up? Could I be singing to my plants? Could I be journaling some more? You know? You know me so well. Yeah. <laughs> it's okay to please your plants. Yeah. Please away. Uh, so, yeah, creating that awareness. And uh, I think that's all of this. Like, everything starts with awareness. We've talked about this before. Maybe. Maybe it's my other podcast. I don't know anymore. Uh, <laughs> create the so awareness. So many podcasts. That's and then good. now that you have the awareness, you have the awareness now of taking responsibility. So don't beat yourself up if you are falling into bad habits. Uh, it's something we've learned over a long, long period of time, many years. So create the awareness and then just be kind to yourself and know that this isn't going to happen overnight, but you can go, okay, I understand I'm not taking responsibility here. I'm working on this. I'm doing better and to slowly create that change. And if you want help, you know who to call. <laughs> Ghostbusters. Ghostbusters. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> nailed it. All right. Okay, I, got one. I love when we finish each other's. <laughs> Natalie, come get sessions. your guy. Oh, oh my gosh, he's out of control. Okay, one last thought for the listeners. Two journaling prompts. Thank God. What is going well in I your life? Peace. Sorry. Yeah, what is going well in your life <coughs> and what hand are you having in that? What what are you doing to make that happen? And then what could be going better? Doesn't have to be super negative or this terrible thing, but like what area would would you like more of? Is it more love? Is it more money? Is it more friends? More sleep? Yeah. Yeah. Um, Whatever it is. And then what could you do to get more of that Mm -hmm. and sit with that? Mm -hmm. That's all I got. Uh, Man, Taylor just did the coolest, like, arm around the chair. (laughs) He, like, finished those journal prompts and he was like, just leaned back in the chair. Sup, ladies. I mean, if you're not on YouTube now, you got to see how Taylor just, the most cool, casual, must be the new chairs from Ikea. (laughs) One t- 125 for that set. The table and the four chairs, baby. Ikea's awesome. Yeah, but you could probably throw that chair about 150 <laughs> yards. It's so light. Anyway, <laughs> I guess that's it. Yep. Thanks for joining us. Peace out. Peace out.